Hey guys, GBC podcast number 32. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. Did you know you can't live off your grandma's faith? <laughs> um, yeah, of course I did. Well, of I'm course you did. I didn't, I don't think I ever <laughs> thought about it. Yeah, you can't live off of your grandparents' faith or your parents' faith for that matter, um, which actually one of the reasons why we really think it's important to create environments for children and for youth and um, for people to be able to grow in their faith in an environment where you know they can grow, where they, they can connect um, in a way that, that grows faith for them. So yeah, absolutely. You can't live off of somebody else's faith. Well, I guess like particularly, I'm, I'm a mom, you're a dad. You know, I'm, I'm always thinking about ways like how to how to talk about Jesus in a way that they actually want to listen to it because sometimes it can be pretty boring yeah. or sometimes it can feel like nagging right I'm like what would Jesus do you know mm-hmm. um, but you know to to think about living in a world like we do where it seems like we're in opposition with so many issues um, I don't want my kids to think like that's the norm mm-hmm. and so I I guess I thought maybe today we could talk about like if we can come together on this one thing mm. this one thing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and, and, and the whole message in the Bible if we can just as the Christian community get together on this one thing maybe it can be one thing that we don't mm-hmm. fight about because we're fighting about a lot right now you we know are. talking about just like the issues in our country and I mean, it, it boils down to even like in the school system, like people are fighting about everything. Yeah. I, and I think it's not just a agreement and principle, um, but it's agreement in life. So I guess what I mean by that is we can, we can agree on one thing. We can agree on one thing between Baptist and let's just break down all the different sects of, of denominations of, you know, Christian Protestant faith, right? Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, um, you know, you name Pentecostal, like we could probably all come under agreement, even, you know, even let's not go just Protestant faith, Catholic faith, Eastern Orthodox um, Christianity. We can all agree in principle that Jesus Christ is a living son of God, that he died on the cross to pay for the sin of the world. And three days later, he rose from the dead and he is the only way to heaven. I guarantee we can get everybody to agree on that. Okay. I don't think it's agreement that's the issue. I don't think it is mindset that is the issue. It is what we're living for. Oh, okay. We agree in principle, but that's not what we live for. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't live to make to know Him and to make Him known. And I, let's just get it that simple right there. Okay. Living for knowing Him and making Him known. Okay. Now, if we could get everybody on that page, then that right there changes the world. That changes communities. Well, and it sort of just changed our conversation because <laughs> we could just say the end. No, 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 it's good. So as you know, in my notes, going off of what you just said, the scripture, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness <laughs> and all of these things will be given to you as well. Uh-huh. Please tell me where that is. <laughs> Jesus said that in Matthew. Thank you. Um, but Seven I thought we can make a list of things that we should be doing before we do anything else, which we've done this before. Mm-hmm. But I mean, back to your point. Who are we living for? Mm-hmm. What was your point? What, who are we living for, living for and, who, and making his name known? Making his name known, yeah. Knowing him and making him known. So I was like, okay, well, we have to get our mind right before we watch the news or to get on social media. Um, and, and I know like you and I have talked about our quiet time and how sometimes, I think you said this summer at noon it was better for you. Yeah. And I know when I take my kids to school um, that having my quiet time is better when they're at school, mm-hmm. but that also means that I try not to watch the news until after I've had my quiet time. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm, I'm like, have a worldly view of everything. Yeah. What are you putting in first? Right. Yeah. And so that was one of the things on my list. So before news, before social media, before the gym, 
and that would be tough for me because I go at five thirty <laughs> in the yeah, morning. Super early. But I could always listen to like music on the way and kind of be in fellowship with God there. Mm-hmm. Take a little break and then go back and do my Bible stuff. I don't think that's the most horrible idea. No. Um, before gathering with family and friends, and I I think this is where like I want to go with this. It's like even when we are in good company, people that are Jesus loving people, like you said, like we're in agreement mm-hmm. about that, yeah. but we're still fighting about other things. Yeah. So I think praying before you have your friends over, praying before you have to have a tough conversation with your spouse or praying before a friend calls you for advice. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, like whatever you put in your mind, if it's not from God, mm-hmm. it's from the world. Mm-hmm. It's almost moving from principle to practice, right? It's moving from uh, uh, that agreement in principle to are we in agreement in practice? And how we're living our life, um, and so it's 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 not just you know you do it, me do it, you know, four other people out there, four other people who are listening right now decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do, um, and that's powerful. Like that's going to be life changing for us. That's going to be life changing for them. I think when you begin to see to get back to you know what Priscilla Shire talks about that we're one generation of the breakdown. Mm-hmm. We need we need we need not four people to do it. We need generations of people to do it to actually. <laughs> Seek God first, to actually make it a priority in practice, not in principle, to know God and to make his name known. Because I think, um, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with Priscilla Shar one bit, but I think that, that at any given moment in time, we are one generation away from the breakdown of Christianity, right? Mm, yeah. And ultimately, I think what gives me hope, so I don't want to be a, a doomsayer on here, um, but what gives me hope is, is that it's not my church and it's not your church, we belong to the church. Mm-hmm. It's God's church. Mm-hmm. It's made it 2,000 years after the cross um, and the resurrection for a reason, and it ain't people. It's our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna continue on his church even if he does it with a remnant of people. I mean, that's how he's done it throughout Scripture. Uh, I think the question that we get to answer as a community is, do we want to be a part of what he's doing? Do we want to be a part of Well, so this brings me to another, I say, story idea from my news background, podcast idea, is, you know, when when um, when God thought of this whole idea of life a long time ago, mm-hmm. He had the idea that each person would be equipped with something um, a little different to move the kingdom of heaven forward, right? Yeah. To, or to move His kingdom forward. Am I right? Am mm-hmm. I saying all of this mm-hmm. right? And so when I think about serving in God's army, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I know, I know, I have gifts and talents and things that I do better than you do, mm-hmm. um, but. Like acting on those things um, has been difficult for me for a number of reasons, and maybe for you, and maybe for someone that's listening. Um, But I think my my point is, if I don't do it, then I'm contributing to this like generation of people that um, maybe aren't doing what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, So like even if it's small, like I think we do it. Well, to use um, to use some some Pauline terminology, you know, he, he, yeah, Paul, Paul the oh. Apostle Paul, to use Pauline terminology, he talks about the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And um, so, you know, the, the the church is a body of believers, um, and using that language of body is that we all play a part, right? Uh, we all have a a role in that. Uh, I think, unfortunately, um, there's too many people trying to play the part of the sphincter. Yes. Because everybody needs one of those, right? Um, Are you talking about? <laughs> okay. 
yeah. like are we talking okay. yep it's, it's okay. a graphic illustration okay I, um wow and, more coffee is needed and too, <laughs> yeah, we didn't rehearse this guys. No. Um, but too many people are playing that role they don't even know that they're playing that role they don't want to do their job or their part like the or, eliminator uh-huh no like the 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 anus of the of the body um like they're playing that role um because you know everybody's got to have one this came up in men's bible study a few a few weeks ago and um stan pace who goes to church here he basically was using this illustration and um i can't remember the the full context i mean someone was talking to him um about the body of christ and people having a role and he's like you know you, you always got those people that you're like do they even follow Jesus? Do they even know God? Do they, do they even care? And we're like, well, maybe that person's the, the sphincter. Maybe that person's that the anus so of the church. That is so funny. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to get that out of my mind. Okay, well, so, so it's a good point. And I think that sometimes as followers, we're like, um, can start to be like a little judgmental about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And that that actually works two ways. Well, gosh, I mean, look at Shane. Like, he's standing up and he's doing all these amazing things. What am I doing? So that works in one way. And then, like, hey, hey, look at Shane. Like, who does he think he is? Yeah, How, absolutely. What does he think he could do with that Greenwood Baptist Church? Um, but, like, I, I think that, that there's um, there's room for both because mm-hmm. we know that God made us as all, like, different people, mm-hmm. you know? Um but I think it's important for us to realize that everybody does have a role. Absolutely. As long as they're living, and like I, like you said up here, like in practice to make his name known. I mean, yeah. obviously there's people that are not. Yeah, because I think, you know, in practice, practicality wise, it's going to play out in different ways based off of gifts and based off of design and based off of our, you know, um, how just God has designed us individually. You know, we're unique in that. And so we bring something unique to the table. So, you know, my hope is, and I, I can see the enemy using this, is they 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 watch me preach or they listen to me preach and go, you know, I I can't do that, so I do nothing, or um, you know, like that's the only role or or whatever, and that's that's not. If that role, let's call it the mouth, um, mm-hmm. you still need a finger, um, you know, you still you still need a you yeah. still need a nose, you, you need, need lungs, you need a heart, you need you need. There's a lot more parts to it right um and if someone's not doing their part then something's not functioning properly well okay so i'm gonna put you on the spot here i just was thinking um because i spent a thousand years in elijah just like reading his story i should say first kings Mm -hmm. um but obadiah yeah so like he was serving an evil king correct Uh but he was he was the one that was hiding people in a cave Mm -hmm. that were like god Loving, That's he was right. like a thousand. Yeah, he was basically hiding them out. Uh, I can't remember how many prophets, people. but it was a lot of people. It yeah, was a, their like families. three, which <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even matter. Sure. I guess if it was three, but I, I think like you can't have um, like Elijah doesn't work without people like Obadiah mm-hmm. because like. You know, at one point, didn't Elijah say, God, it's only me? And he's like, no, that's not true. That's like, not true. look at yeah, this yeah, guy over right. here that's helping me with this part. You just weren't looking at it mm. in that way or whatever. Well, that's why I say Elijah can be a drama king. Oh, okay. He can, he can be dramatic. I mean, he can, he can, and he certainly is in that moment. But again, he's also the standard setter for the prophets, right? Like everybody looks to him, the greatest prophet, and he certainly was. But he's also was dramatic. Well, I always say like your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that he can live very boldly. And that's usually like someone like a four on the Enneagram. They can just, <laughs> you know, just totally like put it out there. And then all of a sudden, like one person doesn't like their work and they're like, I'm the worst ever, which is kind of what he did. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing what you wanted me to do. I'm going to go hide in a cave. 
Um, but thinking of um, more people throughout Scripture mm-hmm. that were in like um, places where other Christians would have been like, "Why are you doing that?" Right. I mean, Jesus. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you? Why are you hanging out with those people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, you know, for there to be any hypocrisy in the church, I mean, obviously that's going to happen. But I think we have to take a step back and be like, well, what's their role? Yeah, absolutely. And we get focused so many times on the wrong thing, right? Like we focus on what someone's doing or not doing. Um, we focus on what we think should be happening or what we or don't. Like the like issue. The issue. Yeah, we get focused. I think we just get distracted because we are focusing on the wrong thing instead of that priority being knowing God and making them known, which I think it sounds so simple, but it really is. It really is. does sound too simple. Um, if that becomes the driver, if that becomes the practice, then I think it changes what we look at and it changes how we see people and it change it changes so many things. Well, like someone that's like let's say living in sin, which who isn't living in sin, okay? Right. Um, we all have some kind of sin. Totally. Yeah. But they their reason for staying away from the church is because we've made them feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Oh, all those church going people, all they do is tell me that what I do is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so talk to me about that. Well, the first thing that came to my mind is actually from Acts chapter 15. Um, and Paul goes back to the church in Jerusalem to speak to essentially the, you know, the, the fathers, the, the apostles, the original apostles. And James is at this point the head of the church, which is the brother of Jesus. And we don't have time for all that. But he goes back and basically says, hey, there's the, you know, we've got an issue in, in these Gentile churches. Um, and the issue is we've got Pharisees who are, who are basically saying these Gentiles need to become circumcised if you're going to be Jesus followers. And Paul's saying, no, they don't need to become circumcised. That's a Jewish thing. It's a law thing. And they're not under law. They're under grace. And yeah, yeah, there's this whole, you know, it's a whole other podcast, if you will. But James, meeting with the apostles, basically rendered their decision to Paul and their answer is, we should not be making it hard for people to come to Christ. You have said we that. We should before. not be making it hard for people to come to Christ. That's 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 is like if we should not be putting obstacles up. We shouldn't be putting roadblocks up. So I can't do anything about what someone's experience was previously with the church, and they were thinking, or they just felt judged, or anything. I can't do any of that. But I can I can take on my role as a follower of Jesus, and then ultimately now too as a pastor like and the, and the culture that we're creating. And hey, let's not put up roadblocks. I'm not going to compromise truth nor grace, but let's not put roadblocks in the way of well, keeping people from God. And you know what just occurred to me is like once they get in here, because we haven't put roadblocks up for mm-hmm. people, it's it's really it's it's God's job absolutely to shake all that sin out absolutely whatever sin that He Can't wants shaken people. out. Yep. I mean, it's you know. We can sit here and talk about um, principles all the time, you know, or, or you said it in your um, message on Sunday, you know, living with someone before you're married, having mm-hmm. sex before you're mm-hmm. married, um, drugs. What, what other kind of things can we talk about? Homosexuality. Yeah, there's um, so many things I think they get distorted and twisted because like even even living with someone before you're married. All right. So let's think of that specific relationship there. I mean, you living with your girlfriend or your fiance or whatever, boyfriend, like that's not that in is in that is not a sin in and of itself. Right. It's not inherently a sin to live with somebody, um, to move in with them. But what kind of position does it put you in as far as purity in your life and your marriage? Can you live together without having sex? Can you live together without it going too far? Yeah. Can you live together without becoming one before 
before that that moment when you're supposed to become one? Can you do that? Um, and most people would say, well, it's not a sin. It just ain't a wise thing to do. It's a foolish thing to do. You're probably setting yourself up for failure, for failure um, at least on that end. No, it's God's grace and um, can cover it. Absolutely. And can God work out all things for the good? Absolutely. But I, mean, but can, I think, sorry to interrupt you. Cool. I think back to your point, though, is like that is on principle. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yeah. You know, that's sort of like... Like, okay, you're doing it, but you should still come into church because I know <laughs> yeah. here at Greenwood, like, we're not going to make it a thing. No. You know, we're no, not going to make no. it a thing. Um, and as you continue in your worship life and in your relationship with God, like, it's that's his job. That's not your job as Mm-mm. the pastor to be like, you should not do that. Right. Now, I'm sure if someone asks you your opinion, you have to say what, you know, God says you should say. But really and truly, like, God has um, an active role in shaking out that sin from somebody. Mm-hmm. Am I Absol- right? No, absolutely. And I, and I believe that 100%. I think you preach the gospel um, and leave the consequences, if you will, or leave leave whatever happens, the fallout of it. The Leave all that up to God. Mm-hmm. You preach truth and preach grace um, and truth. Full of gra- Jesus is full of grace and he's full of truth. Um, and so we proclaim that, and we live that to the best of our ability, and then we trust God with the outcomes. Um, maybe that's the better word there, um, the outcome, rather than consequence. You know, consequence, it's like always has a negative connotation, but, you know, we, we trust God with the outcome. And so I don't have to preach against every sin in the room because I don't even know those sins. Um, I don't even know what people are struggling with, and, you know, the... The news before God, maybe, you know, or I don't spend any time, you know, getting to know him. I come to church on Sunday and I'll be there on Wednesdays and I'll serve and I'll sit in the classroom and rock babies and all this stuff. But but what I spend most of my time with during the week is ABC News or Fox News or CNN or whatever it may be, um, not with our Heavenly Father. And I think I think that's 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 just as big of an issue as right. the, the guy and the girl church. sleeping together okay, um, yeah. and they're not married yet. Well... I hope that this is um, a, a takeaway because um, to come full circle mm-hmm. in a life or a time period where there is such dissension among Christians and among non-Christians, mm-hmm. just I, I feel like you could literally talk about anything and it becomes a fight with people. You it can know? be, absolutely. Um, the, the one thing that it's our responsibility to do is to not put up obstacles for um, people to come to Christ. Like yeah. it is our job to make it easy for them to see that they are they are welcome here yep. and they are welcome like in in our presence and yep. to ask questions and to find out what we're doing. But like it's not our job to police them. Mm-mm. And if you have questions about what this looks like, take your cue from Jesus with a prostitute. <laughs> yes. Take your cues from Jesus with a prostitute. Go, you know, have fun with that. Look it up in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and see his interaction with uh, sinful women. So, like, apply <laughs> that same scenario to like whatever it is that you are thinking has kept you away from the church because yep. we're hypocrites. Yep. Apply that same. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Apply that same scenario. Yeah, same principle, if you okay. will, well, yeah, um, and same practice um, that Jesus, you know, you want to, you know what the principle is? Okay, so we can get behind the principle. Well, what's it look what's it what's it look like in practice? Look at Jesus. It's great, Shane. Look at look at Jesus and look at what he does. Look at how he treats them. Um further than that, look at how he how he treats the tax collector. Mhm. Because mm-hmm. that, I think that doesn't even resonate really with us unless you know the background and the, well, and the history behind that. But you still, had a, you had a sermon on it one time, and I was like, "Tax collector, like what? 
Yeah, but, you know, but prostitute, I think, is easier to totally. go. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, I don't, I don't want my my son, you know, hooking up with a prostitute or what? You know, like. Well, we, we I can, think we can t- like prostitution. Um, you know, same sex marriage, um, living with somebody before you're married, sex before married. Mm-hmm. It's all the same umbrella. Sure, absolutely. It's so, all. It's all. You know, it all falls under that sexual sin umbrella. Right. But look at how Jesus treats the prostitute. Look at how he loves the prostitute. He And also, I mean, in any example, I can think of three of them. But again, y'all can look that up for yourself. Um, in any one of those, he's not excusing it. He's not saying, oh, the life that you live, keep living. Jesus it's fine. I'll love you, you yeah. anyways. Mm-hmm. No, he calls them out of that. But man, there is so much tenderness and grace and gentleness and love that we forget about. Mm-hmm. And we want to focus on trying to call somebody out of their sin. Yeah, like we're focusing on what you shouldn't be doing because mm-hmm. that's going to get you to God. But that really becomes the obstacle. Yep. Yep. Good. I like it. Hey, share it if you like it. And we will <laughs> be back here for episode uh, 33. All right. See you next time. Bye.